When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry, I'll hang up and listen, I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! And welcome, everybody, to episode 72 of Two Goalies, One Mike. I am Dwayne. For Cully, couldn't be here tonight, had some coaching duties, but we are uh, joined by producer Steve and the one, the only, from Puck Soup Podcast, Greg Wyshynski. Um This is the only entrance I could think to give you, man. You know what's <laughs> <laughs> well, that's lovely. <laughs> uh, if I'm a little bit worn out, it's because I, I, I got home from Dynamite at uh, Authorized Stadium at like <laughs> three in the morning. But uh, it was awesome. And it was draining. That's the other thing, too. It's not simply like the time I got home. It was the amount of energy expended during... Uh, a lot of people are saying five hours of wrestling. If you were there, you know it was only four because you spent an hour in the merch line. Uh, <laughs> either the merch line or the beer line before before Dynamite started. So if you sat there for all five hours, it probably means that you didn't come home with a overpriced T-shirt is my my estimation. That's what I hear. I saw your tweet earlier. It was like uh, you know, a, you know, a gauntlet match. I forget what your exact wording of the tweet. Uh, the Iron match. Man match. Iron oh Man my match. God. Yes, yes. I apologize. Uh, just, uh, just to even get any type of merchandise from that event. But you know, that must have been absolutely an unbelievable experience to be at, and we're going to get to that for sure. Uh, but the big news here today in Buffalo, obviously, was you know from Kevin Adams at the press conference, something we all expected. Uh, Jack Eichel would be stripped of the sea. Um, I don't think anybody really expects him to play for the Buffalo Sabres this season. Um, but just a lot of other things, too. I know there was some uh, rumors about that the Sabres were going to cave and let him uh, get the surgery that you know he wanted to get. Uh, apparently, that's not the case, Greg. And just your thoughts on that, because uh, this has turned into, I mean, just I don't think there's really any other way to say it. It's a shit show. <laughs> Clusterfuck. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of other ways to yeah. unmitigated no, disaster. I, 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 I would be shocked if at this juncture they'd allow him allow him to get the surgery that he wants. 
Um, you know, I, I wrote about the Kevin Adams press conference in ESPN today, and I think the stripping of the captaincy is not only like a shot across the bow from from management yeah. that uh, we have ways of of twisting the screws and making it uncomfortable uncomfortable for you, even if they have Jack's best intentions in mind at all times. Um, but it was also a clear indication in a physical sense that this divorce is happening yep. and that it's, it's bitter. Um, Kevin Adams was interesting today because he was asked point blank whether teams that he's negotiating with want Jack to have the surgery before they acquire him. And he wouldn't confirm it. He did confirm that the trade process has been complicated by Jack's injury status. Yeah. But he didn't confirm that there are suitors out there that are like, hey, get the surgery and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll make the trade. If I'm the Sabres and I'm looking to, A, get the maximum return for Jack Eichel that I can get, and B, try to convince Jack Eichel to get this other surgery... I'm probably putting it out there, oh, yeah, the Boston Bruins say they'll trade for you if you get fusion surgery. You know what I mean? Like, to yeah. me, that's that's the thing you do if you're the Sabres. You'd be like, the thing you want in most, most in life can happen. You just have to get off this artificial disc replacement bit, and then we can send you to where you want to go. But yeah. Adams yeah. was very sort of dodgy about it today. I was surprised by that. Yeah, it, you know what? It's... Um... He also, obviously, and I, I think it's a foregone conclusion. Uh, I, I can't, I'm not sure which reporter said he wouldn't even commit to saying if Jack Eichel has played his last game in a Buffalo Sabres uniform. Which I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> at, at this juncture, at this juncture, I, you know, we, I heard on the radio today, you know, from an inside source uh, on WGR 550 that they, uh, his stuff has been cleaned out and he hasn't had a locker there since that day. You know, he made those comments back in May. Which is again wild to me. Like you know, like it seems like all those rumors you heard last season or the prior season about that they were possibly looking to trade him back then. It start start to look like those were true. Which back then I thought, are you crazy? You don't get guys like Jack Eichel every day. You don't luck into. I mean, you could say they didn't win the lottery, but they still got one hell of a consolation prize in Jack Eichel that year at the McDavid draft. And you know, I could never. You, you know, how, how many years ago that was, I would have never believed we would have gotten to this point. All my friends in Buffalo are like, Wyshynski, don't go down that Connor McDavid road again. I've made more enemies <laughs> amongst Sabres fans by being like, you guys just wanted McDavid. And they're like, no, we wanted one of the top two picks. Come on, let's be honest. Um, I, I think the trade stuff with Eichel, though, as far as maybe like having shopped him before all the surgery nonsense... I mean, we have to factor in the idea that we heard that he was unhappy last summer, right? Well, two summers mm-hmm. ago. Correct. And so if there was that exploration, it could be because Jack necessitated it by being uh, like, I come out, not on the road. Maybe let it be known inside the organization that, uh, that of his discontent. And, and at the very least, you have to kind of explore that uh, lest you end up with... Um, a pre-trade Ryan O'Reilly, you know, when he was sullen and complaining in the locker room, you know, post-trade Ryan O'Reilly, 
is a whole different conversation as far as like what that meant for the Sabres. Um, but the thing about the surgery bit was that there was always this, you know, notion, whether it was accurate or not, that Jack saw this as a way to really make a break from the organization. Now, that's not to say that the, the injury isn't legit. It's not to say that his desire to get replacement disc surgery isn't legit. I mean, especially when you, you see the differences between what his life will be after he's done playing with that surgery versus with fusion surgery. But there's no question that if you were going to kind of game plan this out for what would be the way for Jack to pull the shoot and escape Buffalo, a dispute over the best course of treatment for his own body, to me, would be like, I don't want to say an easier sell, but maybe a more justifiable escape plan than simply, I'm tired of losing. Which, yeah. again, is justifiable. But in this case, it's very justifiable to be like, I have an injury and they're not letting me treat it the way that I want to treat it. And you're, you're not wrong there, man. What, what blows my mind, Greg, is the fact that this was even an option for teams in the CBA. Like, you know, I looked at the, and we looked in the NFL CBA. There, there's a lot of consulting that has to take place when you have an injury and you want to, the direction you take with the surgery you get. But at the end of the day, it's the player's decision, essentially a player's decision over their own body and what course of action they decide to take. And the fact that the NF, uh, NHL Players Association allowed them to lose this type of decision for the players themselves, that's mind-blowing to me. That's just, like, like insane. Yeah, I mean, and it goes back to a lot of the disputes that we have in this league where players are unhappy about X, Y, Z, and it's like, well, you know, if your union was stronger or, or more on point or willing to make the necessary sacrifices to get the things that you guys want, then you wouldn't be in this pickle. You know, the salary cap, escrow, like, it all comes back to are, are you willing to go to battle with the NHL and, and know what, what the cost of that battle will end up being, which is that, you know, potentially another canceled season or two, you know, to get what you really want. So yeah, it, it surprised me too. I think like a lot of people have gotten a real education on the medical processes of players since the Eichel thing happened. Um, but again, the, the tough, the, the tough one for me and, and I'm, I'm a player's guy and um, you know, I, I don't, I think that the notion of this surgery being, uh, experimental is a little bit overstated by the medical community. I mean, it's it's been done on, on athletes in other contact sports. It just hasn't been done for an NHL player yet. Um, I do think it's it's tough though when there is an alternative. Mm-hmm. You know, when there's a time tested alternative that's safe that will will extend his playing career um, that undoubtedly has more complications later in life um, than this other surgery. But it's not as if, you know, he's asking for a, you know, a Ferrari and they're like, well, how about this 87 Geo? You know, like it, there, there are two good options on the table. It's just that Jack believes there's one significant that's significantly more beneficial to him than the other. Correct. And, uh, yeah. Like we like we mentioned earlier, you know, Steve, I know you were talking about this <clears throat> is that, you know, this guy wants to be able to pick up his kids when he's four years old. You know, he wants to be able to, you know do coach pitch in baseball with his kids. And, you know, it, it, you know, there's, there's a life after hockey. And I think the, one of the biggest points to be made here, and I know, Steve, I know me and you talked about it, was that 
the Olympics are this year. And if ah, you know, I know. It, if there's anything you know about Jack Eichel is that he takes a ton of pride in wearing that jersey. And you have to believe, even though it wasn't announced, you know, till about a month ago that the, that they were going to return to the Olympics, that that had to be in the back of Jack's mind at the start of all this back in May. That you know, if I go down this road and I butt heads with the team, there's a chance that you know this could leak over into my opportunity to play in the Olympics. And there's no sure thing that in eight years, you know, there's going to be another opportunity for Jack Eichel. You know, we all remember how upset Alex Ovechkin was four years ago. You know when, or how many years ago it was when he wanted to be, you know, represent Russia, and he was even threatening to go over there anyway, even though it wasn't supposed to be allowed. So, like, to sit there and say, and I know there's a small contingent of Sabers, uh, of Sabers fans who think this was a ploy to get out of Buffalo. Well, I think this should put that all the rest. He failed the physical, and now his opportunity to play for Team USA may all be lost, and that just goes to show how strongly he feels about getting this procedure, the disc replacement. Yeah, and so, like, all due respect to the Sabres, I don't give a shit about you guys when it comes to Team USA. This was our <laughs> shot, man. This is our yeah. shot. We were, we were going we to go to Beijing with Austin Matthews and Jack Eichel up the middle. We were going to yeah. have two franchise centers up the gut for the first time maybe in my lifetime as, as, a, as an American. I mean, maybe you go back to, like, I don't know. Maybe you had Madonna and Ronick on the same La team. Fontaine. Up to go uh, back and check that out. But like, my God, we finally had a shot. Now, granted, like Canada's like, maybe we play McDavid with Sidney Crosby. I get it. They're real good. But like, we would have had the thing that we've lacked forever on this team. And again, like Jack Jack's injury is, is, is probably going to short circuit that opportunity to really bring a competitive team that, you know, might be better than playing Finland for the bronze this time to uh, Beijing. Yeah, and, you know, it just, you know, it just goes to show, like, you know, in the mindset I was before that press conference in May, as I looked at the Sabres roster, I looked at, man, the one thing we've lacked since we lost, the day we lost both Breer and Jury, which is another conversation, you know, it's another dark day in Buffalo history. You lose those two guys in the same day. This is the first time we look solid down the middle. You had Sam Reinhardt playing so well at center in Jack's absence. You have Jack. You have yeah. Dylan Cousins. And Casey Middlestaff, you know, swap in as maybe your third or fourth line center or a guy who can just, you know, fill in from here to there. Like, that's – it's so hard to sustain success in this league if you don't have depth down the middle. And we finally had it. And then Jack Eichels gets on that Zoom call and shits all over it. Sam Reinhardt shits all over it. It's just like, same thing with the Olympics. It's just like you have your opportunity to have possibly as good, if not better, depth down the middle than Team Canada. And sorry, guys, too bad. Like, Buffalo's going to ruin that too. Unbelievable. Right. And then and then yeah. you come back to the reality of the situation, which is that you, you, you trade those two guys and uh, whatever Eichel brings back, he brings back. But then you hit the reset button, basically. Like, there are obviously pieces on the roster that you can – feel good about like Darlene and, and cousins and mm-hmm. guys like that. But like at the end of the day, it's kind of, you, you, you're, you're sailing in a, a new direction. You're no longer team Eichel, you know, which is what you've been since the draft. Yeah. Uh, and that's really frustrating. You know, it takes a while for that to reconfigure. Um, you, know, you look at a team like Ottawa, for example, that saw this mass exodus of talent over the last five years Uh of, of, of guys. I mean, they're starting to piece it together, but by no means do I think that they've, you know, put it together. 
Um, and by no means is there anybody on that roster as good as Eric Carlson, for example, when he was in his prime, or Mark Stone. Um, all due respect to Brady Kachuk. So it takes a while. And, and to think about having to not only say goodbye to a franchise player that you may never get that cal- caliber of talent again within like the next decade, but to then have to kind of just like throw the puzzle pieces on the floor and, and see what kind of picture it could make is incredible. It's just so frustrating. But then again, like that's one of the reasons Jack wants to leave. This is like, He's been in like three different rebuilds in his career. How is that possible? Temporally, how is that possible? Since Terry and Kim Pagula have bought this team, six head coaches and four general managers in just over 10 years. That's insanity. How can you expect to have success at, at, at any level in any sport? When you have that kind of turnover in those two positions, it's, and then the O'Reilly trade, you know, obviously, you know, I'm, you know, and other players that have been, you know, that have left the organization. And then the guys that stuck around for longer than they should have. I mean, how, how, how do you, how do you justify, how do you justify telling this guy, don't worry, we're going to get it right. (laughs) We're finally going to get it right this time, Jack. Yeah. There's no, there's no level of trust there. I mean, there, there isn't at all. And, uh, yeah, especially when you think about the one guy that he respected in the organization, although he wasn't, he turned out not to be a very good coach, was was Ralph Kruger. Yeah. And then you throw him out the door, and, and Jack's like, all right, who's my guy now? I mean, I, I think he's got a good relationship with Granado from what I hear, but um, at the end of the day, it's just like, how many times do you have to hit the reset button for this guy before he's like, I need to go someplace else? Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's 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 a shame. I mean, it's a real shame. I think when when I was at that draft with McDavid and Eichel, you know, despite the fact that they didn't get McDavid, there was still a sense of, okay, this is the thing now. This is the direction we're going in. We've got a guy to build around. And it just never came to fruition. No, it didn't, man. And um, it, it's <laughs> it's just like you, you, there are all these hopes you had, you know, when you when you brought him in and you kind of luckily won the Darlene, you know, draft. And then you, you have your two pieces, right? Your franchise center, your franchise defenseman. You kind of look at the blueprints that teams in the past have, have drawn up, like Chicago and L.A. You know, Chicago, you know, with Duncan Keith, and you have Jonathan Tayus, L.A. back then with Dowdy and Kopitar. You know, down in Tampa Bay, the team, uh, you know, a team that you know is looking to make it three in a row this season. How they, yeah. you know, that that team with Stamkos, Hedman, and you know, Kucherov. Like you had the blueprint there. You were on your way to making the right decisions. And I think the real issue here is at the very top. You know, you have a person in Kim Pagula who runs this team who has no experience in running a hockey team, but just refuses to allow hockey people to make hockey decisions. Now, Kevin Adams, I feel like. I, I do get the, you know, when it comes to the football side of things, the Brandon Bean vibes a little bit, you know, <laughs> trying to build a culture. But that guy also had no experience when you brought him in. He's a first-time GM. He's never been an assistant GM. And three years ago, he was coaching the Academy of Hockey down at the Harbor Center. So how yeah. am I supposed to trust you to do this job right? Yeah. But the teams you mentioned also had something else, like you were just getting at, which is it had Dean Lombardi and Daryl Sutter. And it had, you know, Steve Eiserman and then Julian Brisbois and then John Cooper, yep. you know, on the bench. And it's when, when you are swapping out GMs and coaches with the regularity that the Sabres have, it's not a recipe for success. It's, 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 it's throwing everything you can at the wall and seeing what sticks. It, it, that's exactly. It's like throwing darts at a board and just hope, hope, hope you get a good score. 
uh, I know we I know we don't have you for much longer, Greg. Um, and I you know I appreciate you coming on with us. But one last thing I wanted to touch, uh, pick your brain on is we all know that you attended AEW uh, Dynamite <laughs> at Arthur Ashe uh, Arena, and you got possibly to see the match of the year: Kenny Omega uh, and Brian Danielson, formerly uh, uh, Daniel Bryan. And you know, just the between that. Uh, the Malachi Black match with Cody Rhodes, just that whole event, the, the CM Punk promo, it was just absolutely unbelievable. And, you know, I know we've said this a lot, and people have been saying this a lot over the last couple months. What a time to be a wrestling fan. Before you answer, I want to just change into my wrestling attire. <laughs> All right, nice. All right. And I, I wore this, actually, this jersey. <laughs> I bought this jersey specifically for you yesterday because of your pin tweet. Ah, brilliant. I've often said that if the Devils adopted a black jersey with a devil face on it and signed Shatan and gave him number six, they would have been <laughs> able to pay for every player contract for a decade with the money they would have made. Oh my god, um, you're not. It was wrong. Ins- it was insanely fun. Like the the energy level, as probably people who watch it at home know, know it was off the charts, um, and it was off the charts not only for Dynamite, but then they taped Rampage that'll be on Friday. Uh, after it, and, and the the remarkable thing was just how much, how much juice that crowd had to like go through, not only like like I said the the, the hours of wrestling that were happening, but like the amount of cheering and reaction that was necessary, and um, man, it was fun. And and, I, and I've heard people like complain that the Kenny and Daniel Bryan match shouldn't have been first. Um, I'll say this about that, like. One, uh, it, it kept it interesting because you didn't know if they were going to do the time limit draw. If, yeah. you, if you do it at the end of the show and you look at your watch, it's like a half an hour left. You're like, oh, of course. Yeah. And then two, and then two, like you want Daniel, Daniel Bryan, you want Brian Danielson's debut to feel epic. And if you put it at the start of a show in that place with that crowd, it was just going to be 30 minutes of, of absolute chaos. And, and that's what it ended up being. Um, Man, I, I, uh, I, grew, I like everybody. I grew up a WWF fan. I was a WWF fan even through the Monday Night, the Monday Night Wars. Yep. Um, loyalty. But shit, man. Like AEW has gotten me more into wrestling than anything else has in decades. Like um, it's just so fun and so true to itself. And you feel that the wrestlers and the performers have ownership of what they're doing. And it's, yeah, there's a certain, you know, ice cream for dinner aspect of some of the things they do. I mean, I was just telling my friend last night at Dynamite, like, everybody who we wanted to see win kind of won for the most part, <laughs> outside of a few things. But um, but that's fine. If, if you, <laughs> it doesn't always have to be subversion. It can sometimes just be a good story that gets you to, your, to the desirable end. And the most amazing thing about it right now is that we, we were at dynamite trying to figure out when the matches were going to happen. And like one of us was like, well, they got to open with this match. They'll open with Cody. They'll open with, with Kenny and, and maybe they'll open with Darby and sting. And, and the point of it is that every match on that card could have opened it and every match in that card could have closed it. Oh, yeah. And for that to be a two hour television show, in the year of our Lord, 2021. And, <laughs> and, and those are your options. Like you're doing something right. And it is, it's a joy to be a fan of 
that organization, WWE, for certain things at this point. But uh, like, I'm I'm juiced up as a wrestling fan again in a way that I haven't been in in a long time, and it's it's because of of AEW. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's phenomenal, Steve. Did you want? Uh, uh, yeah, two things. One of the one of the matchups that hasn't really been like teased yet, but will inevitably happen, is likely MJF doing Cody Rhodes' previous shtick in present day <laughs> times. Those two need to butt heads, and it's going to be absolutely glorious. But uh, something else I wanted to ask about, since you actually got to see it live, uh, how did the Butcher look? A uh, you know, <laughs> Buffalo-based wrestler, also the guitarist, and every time I die. I, I have to tune in on Friday night to see that match. I, I, have, I haven't been able to see him in a long time. He's awesome. He's slimmed down. He still does that weird goose step walk through the ring. Butcher and Blade are great. <laughs> and uh, no, it was super fun. And, and Rampage was super fun. That tag match is super great. And um, I don't know. That's, that's part of the fun thing about being an AW fan um, is that there's a certain amount of like, if you've been watching since the beginning, watching since like Butcher and Blade, you know, wrestling, and you're just like, who are they? And who's this girl with the ra- rabbit ears? Yeah. Um, there's a certain aspect of being a fan of the band when they're playing small clubs and, you know, making albums in their yeah. garage. And then they get a record contract. And instead of it being something real shitty, it ends up being appetite for destruction. Like that's how it feels right now. It's <laughs> yeah, like yeah, it, fe- it feels like a go-go. Yeah, it feels <laughs> like they they earned this moment by being so good on such a small stage that now that they're on a big stage and you know have been you know have a rocket strapped to them because of the yeah. buzz that Punk and, and Danielson have given them, they're not they're not fucking up. They're not like all up their own ass. They're 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 very much still true to what they are and, and who they are. They still have a, a six foot eight guy at a dinosaur mask wrestling. Like <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah, if you're trying to go legit, you might not have the wrestling dinosaur. You know what I mean? So like, um, I don't know. It's, it's a joyful experience and it was a joyful experience to be at Arthur Ashe. I mean, yeah, you know, a New York, a hot New York crowd for any sporting event. I was just, yeah. I was just at that, at that very stadium for the U S open, which Again, like if no one's ever been, you got to go because, you know, tennis, but in New York is just a hell of an experience. Just like yeah, it's going to be we, wild. We turn just trying to catch the bus in New York is. In- <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but like it, it was um, it was just a real joy to be around people that were just there to, you know, have a good time and, and just celebrate this new different thing that's made all of us really, really happy as fans. It, you know, it, it, I think it could best be embodied in the look when you see CM Punk cut a promo, because it's like you can see the joy, right? You can hear the joy, you can see it, and that's what, and that's what he's been always talking. He's always talked about over the years, and it's hiatus. It's like he he wanted that joy of professional wrestling back, and you know, I was like you, dude. I was Team WWF through the Monday Night Wars. I was loyal. And at the beginning of AEW, I, I first got onto the Elite. Um, I was my uncle introduced me to those uh, those videos. Remember, and you've probably seen them, the Southpaw wrestling videos. Oh yeah, uh, wait, yeah, the, um, some of the funniest stick you'll ever see. Yeah, and he initially after that we watched the uh, the Elites, the all uh, uh, be, be Elite uh, show, and I'm like, who are these guys? I'm like, yeah. you, are you kidding me? How are these guys not in WWE? Like, and I just yeah. started to follow. Them. I started buying this. I started buying the swag. I got. 
you know, the cleaner Omega shirt, you know, the American Nightmare back Bullet Club, you know, uh, you know, when Jericho first came over to AEW, uh, you know, the, the Bucks of Jericho shirts. I have like I have like over a hundred t-shirts in my closet right now. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm afraid to show any female what's going on in my closet. <laughs> immediately out the door. She's like, are you kidding me? That's what your ninety percent of your wardrobe? Yeah, it is. And I'm not a, I'm not embarrassed. Well, the good the go. good news the good news is that there's it's it's become at least for this moment we're we're in a socially acceptable to be a wrestling fan cycle. Yep. So well, we, it, there's well, always a down cycle. There's always a down cycle. It'll happen again. It ebbs and flows. But I don't know if we're necessarily at a rock hosting SNL stage, but we're definitely in a MJF was on the oh local television station in New York <laughs> MJ- and, and, and keeping kayfabe stage. His pretty in like in one of Jericho's books too. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you go right after this. Is one of Jericho's books he wrote. He said he talked about his early years with WCW and WWF. It's like he refused to break kayfabe anywhere he went. And he told the story about he was in an elevator and there was this kid who recognized him, and he was a heel at the time. And he's like trying to ask him for an autograph. Mr. Jericho an autograph, and he refused to even look at him. He refused to look at him. He's just like, mean refused to look at the kid. The kid's dad is like, dude, are you serious? Like, he's like, yeah, and that's what it was all about for those guys because they're playing a part. They're, 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 you know, this is pre internet era where, you know, now everything's ruined by the internet. There's no more shock and awe. And I, I hate that about wrestling now. It's like, you can't really keep, you know, have that shock and awe factor that we had back in the Monday Night Wars, you know, you yeah. know. It sucks, and you know, I, I I hope I hope WWE can figure that out. There's rumors that they're getting ready to lose Kevin Owens, which is, I think is a huge mistake. Uh, well, Kevin is the best man. To AEW. Yeah. You could already, Please. but you could already, you could already see the the effect that AEW's had on oh on the competition. yeah, just, and, a, and a rising tide, you know, what's the phrase? High, high tide rises old boats, or whatever the hell it's called. Yeah. Uh, it'll happen. You know, and and, yep. and they're already responding to the competition, and they need competition because they grew very, you know, atrophied, complacent. So, well, I heard NXT is already getting ready to go to TV fourteen, which is I think is a huge, you know, a, a, a very thing. Um, not that we're going to get MJF promos in Cincinnati with Pillman's family. But <laughs> I, that was unbelievable, by the, the way. The entire city of Cincinnati, mid. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that was when he got in his that grandmother's was... face. <laughs> it was unbelievable. I'm, I'm sure you stuff. saw the pictures of his of MGS parents in the crowd with the sign. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. we think he sucks too. <laughs> Fuck you, mom. <laughs> <laughs> but Greg, thanks for hopping on us. I'm sorry we kept you a little bit later. But hey, I'm no worries. Carried over with the wrestling talk sometimes. Yep. Uh, Steve Bennett, you know, want me to say hello to you? Uh, oh, tell him I said hi. A uh, a true pioneer. Yeah, it's a 24-inch podcast. Uh, you know, it's an unbelievable. I don't know if you've checked it out yet. Another really huge mark, uh, you know, obviously based around Hogan. But, um, you know, uh, I've, I've enjoyed listening to it. You know, he talks about all his old stories, going to shows with his dad back in the Hogan, Rowdy, Rowdy, Rowdy Piper era, Andre the Giant, just all the great experiences he had. And he goes through all any he, he, it's a really kind of like you know a, a historical index of just how great wrestling was back in the day with all those superstars so definitely check it out guys if you have a 24 inch podcast uh you know on all you know your podcasting platforms uh unbelievable stuff i don't know if you've checked it out yet or greg but i suggest you do i have not i will uh, definitely check it out and thanks again for joining us man i appreciate it anytime thanks for having me all right, everybody, that was Greg Wyshynski from uh, ESPN Puck Soup. Um, absolute beaut, Steve. 
absolute beaut. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's when you asked me to co-host this episode, I kind of lost my mind earlier. Yeah. I was just because for so long, I've just been listening to puck soup at work just to kind of like calibrate my brain while doing whatever office job I've been doing for, for years now. Yep. So it's just kind of like, you know, one of those like low key legends in my mind. So it's just, so I didn't have a lot to say. Cause I don't like, what do you say? Like, what do you ask a guy like that? But uh, we, we didn't get any time to talk about it, but uh, the only, the only big, the only like feather in my cap as a wrestling fan was I was actually in the stadium that night in Albany, New York, when Stone Cold drove the beer truck and drenched That's the awesome. corporation. That's like, awesome. obviously, I was like eight years old, so obviously, like, it was one of my first memories. But like, it was one of the best things ever. <laughs> and uh, at, at at this point, when we when we watch uh, AEW, anytime that the Young Bucks have a match, um, I used to watch Pro Wrestling Gorilla back in college with like a hyper, like indie wrestling nerd old roommate and every time they would get on i would just because i hated them i hate the young bucks and i send them a video every single time i see them now in aew when they have an actual match i just send them that same same reaction even though i love the i love the bit now like i used to like i used to just hate heels i never was just like they're so good at being a heel that i respect it and i love it i was just like oh fuck these nerds i hate these (laughs) But that's, that's, that's the point of the heel, man. Is they they it's their job to make you hate them. Like I, I like the like. Here's the thing, um, you know, what, in in regards, I got into this uh, debate with somebody and I, uh, a couple friends, and I said Conor McGregor is the perfect heel, and they're like, well, they disagree with me. He's like, no, he is. He goes, he goes well, if Conor McGregor had his choice, he would probably be loved by everyone. Like that's great. But his actions don't say that, and everybody loves to hate Conor McGregor. The guy, he talks, he talks a lot of shit, and he gets a lot of hate. You know, the guy tried to fight uh, Machine Gun Kelly on a red carpet at the MVTV Video Music Awards. Took a swing at him, and then right after an interview, after that, he denied taking a swing. It's like, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hit, I, w- I wouldn't hit a white rapper, you know, a vanilla ice wannabe or whatever he said. It's just like he, he but th- that's the thing is he's good at making you hate him. And that's why he's a good heel. It's the same thing with the Joker. The Joker is possibly the most infamous, famous, whatever you want, how you want to put it. He like villain of all time and people love him. Well, it's your job to hate him. And he dreams infamy from that. And that's what the job of a heel is. It's your job to hate them. And it's, it, you know, I think that's, you know, MJ, guys like MJF, you know, they're, they're not a dime a dozen guys who, have the ability to, you know, uh, you know, make you boo them, flip them off. Like Roddy Piper, you know, before it, the obviously the age of internet, he used to get, he used to, you know, get people used to try and stab him or something on the way to the ring. Like, but he played the heel perfectly, man. And it's just, it's unbelievable. Um, this age of wrestling we're in right now. Um, I, I, I tune into AEW. I, I was, I, I was stubborn about it too. I was very, very, very stubborn. Um, but I, uh, I just, I, 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 I love wrestling, and I love the promos they do in AEW, and I just, I, I, I gave in. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm elite now. I'm all elite now, yeah. and I, I, I love every second of it. Yeah, I mean, uh, that that same hyper nerd friend pitched AEW to me because I just kept seeing it like 
pop in and out of my feed as time went on and it was just like oh there's a whole other wrestling league okay cool and i was yeah. like so so like i i know he's been in the know he never dropped off like he's been like a lifer and he's like yeah it's basically just pro wrestling gorilla if they had like actual money to use i'm like oh okay cool yeah and i'm like i caught a few episodes here and there i'm like all right that was pretty good that was pretty good and then i caught that most recent pay-per-view and i was like okay i'm fucking hooked you're in you're in i'm I'm drinking i'm drinking the kool-aid i don't give a shit let's go let's go yeah it's 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 a great time and like he like craig said shut up and take my money (laughs) yeah it it has affected wwe because big e would have never cashed in on a non-pay-per-view if it wasn't for AEW and the, and the ratings war that they're going through right now. So, it, you know, you know, they would have never done the crossover match, the bloodline and the new day uh, this past week, you know, uh, the other night on raw, that would have never happened if it wasn't for AEW. So it's, um, it's, it, you know, it's been a lot of fun, man. And a lot more fun than being a Sabres fan. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, CM Punk doesn't make me want to cry multiple no, times a year. <laughs> No, he no, doesn't. Not. Only when he says he's retiring <laughs> or just, uh, you know, step it away for a minute and then just stays gone for longer than I want him to. Yeah. Uh, um, it's, it, it's, well, and again, with the Sabres, we'll see what happens here, man. I, you know, doesn't look like Jack Uggles getting traded anytime soon. Um, I mean, he's, yeah, he's definitely not getting traded. Any, like, it's, at this point, it's painfully clear he's not getting traded until. No, either fusion surgery or his experimental MMA, like what is it, like a disc replacement surgery, or it's like a kind of like a fake implant kind of thing. Yeah, I forget and which then, one it is, but some. But again, like I never understood why it was everyone was so apprehensive because the people who have gotten this surgery successfully are people who get kicked in the head for yep. a living. Yep, Chris so Weidman. Like, yeah, like, exactly. Well, like, that end, yeah, I think. I think he would hopefully be okay because those dudes don't wear helmets when they get kicked in the face. Jack will be wearing a helmet and he's, I, he would ideally have Brett Murray there to fight somebody for him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, I guess they don't even read the room. I mean, I feel, I always feel bad for the social media people with both the, the Sabres and it's like, you know, you, you, you think about it and then they tweet this out today during that press conference or that, that, that template, you know, it said 100% on it earlier but it's you know uh, you're just giving ammunition to this this twitter fan base that's going to absolutely drag you all season long but we can't officially endorse using that so if you're watching right now definitely do not use that template yeah. for any nefarious or downplaying reasons don't be negative or disparaging towards a struggling franchise whatever yeah. you do definitely don't put the hashtag where's kim in there or we are all Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely don't do anything of the sort. This is our official public service announcement. Use it yep. for good. Use it for good. Just and to say something nice, like Rachel's Mediterranean mm-hmm. mid. And you know what I know it <laughs> mid. But uh, no, coming off this the shit show that is the Sabers. Obviously, it was announced uh, I think earlier today that the NHL's investigation hasn't found any wrongdoing on the part of uh, Evander Kane into uh, the allegations of betting on his own team. Uh, which I guess is a good thing for Evander Kane. And then, you know, simultaneously you see these allegations from his ex-wife or soon-to-be ex-wife of, you know, sexual assault that make you want to throw up in your mouth. And 
I, I, I believe it was reported that he will not be reporting to training camp as a mutual decision between both he and the team. Um, personally, just get him out of the NHL. If you ask me, like if all this stuff is true, it's a pretty damning look. And if you're going to sit here and you already have a, a bet, some bad stuff going on in Chicago with Bradley Aldrich and the allegations against him and that have proven to be true, um, in my opinion, at least – you know, what transpired after he left the organization and when he was arrested and jailed for almost a year for sexually assaulting a 17 year old kid, you can't have both these things, you know, staring you in the face, both that and the Evander Kane thing. So, you know, if this is all true, you just need to ban him from hockey altogether. Just get him out of the league. Yeah, I definitely can't condone anything like that. I, I do remember the episode of Puck Soup, actually, where they talked about the, the allegation that Evander Kane was, like, throwing games to win bets. And the argument in favor, in favor that he wasn't doing that was, you know, as far as being an athlete, he was having a career year. Yes. he was. So if he personally is throwing the game, that's absurd. So at least to that, I, I, I can speak to, yeah, he's probably not throwing games and betting on his own no. team to win or to he, lose. Yeah. He, he, probably not. But no. to to everything else, that kind of just makes him a morally contemptible human being. Yeah, I mean, unless he was picking specific games, uh, yeah. I doubt it. You know, <laughs> the, the I guy. Mean, the, the, this is the this is the same league where uh, you know teams that lead their division can lose games to a Zamboni driver who works for them. <laughs> it is true. Or a league where uh, the worst team in the league can consistently lose 5-2 no matter who they're playing. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't I uh you know there's plenty more to talk about but um you know we we were on a hiatus there for a little bit uh for about a month and uh it was good to get away from from things and um you know now we're back and rolling we have some some future guests uh you know Buttes players. We are going to continue our Buttes coverage this year. Uh, EJ Raddick has agreed to come on with us at some point. That'll be exciting. Uh, Rob Ray, uh, at some point in the future, he'll be on with us oh, again. Right. Uh, just we have a long list of, you know, guests that have agreed to come on, uh, you know, that I cannot wait to, uh, you know, talk to and maybe not talk about the Sabres because it's going to be you know, we need to find a second team to root for, I think, this year. Yeah, it's I, called I the Rochester Americans. Yes, that's true. Or or the Michigan or, Wolverines. Yeah, or the Michigan Wolverines. Wolverines. Hey. Now that's I mean, a team and a half. Yep, that's a team that's going to contend for a national title. Also, uh, you know, I've gotten confirmation to do a dual episode with both Eric Portillo and Noah West, their new freshman goaltender. So that'll be a fun time. I'm um, excited for that. Uh you know, and maybe we'll try and get Stevie Shields on for that one too. You know, uh, you know, just do a you know a, a, a big interview so with uh, some Michigan alumni and current players. So, but with that being said, Steve, uh, thanks for filling in, man. Producer Steve, everybody, uh, absolute beaut. Thanks, uh, and I'm excited for this season, sort of, kind of. Yeah, I mean, I'm. Uh, I mean, I just definitely want to see how it all unfolds. And I think it's kind of like the same thing that was happening right at the tail end of the 18-game losing streak last year. Like, the stakes have never been lower. No one is expecting anything while this, you know, cluster fudge of the Jack Eichel situation slowly untangles itself and, you know, unclogs that metaphorical toilet. 
until eventually we can just flush the turd down the drain, just get yeah. it over with, stop looking at it. The stakes have never been lower. So I'm just looking to see what people just, I guess, unencumbered by all of that, you know, a, a, I guess just like a clean slate, clean locker room. Donnie's in charge. This is what we're doing. Let's just have fun out there. And maybe, maybe there'll be a few nights where we're pleasantly surprised. There's going to be plenty of nights where it's like, yeah, that, that, that's basically what would happen when we play insert team here. I'm, I'm not surprised. It hurts, but I, I went and did this thinking it was going to hurt. But no. every so often, we're, you know, just get the glimpses and, hey, that, that was a much smarter play than you would have made this time last year. I like that. That's good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for not doing that thing that you did every game last year. Um, I love it. Yeah. You know, and I, I'll get to a few games this season too. Um, definitely. Um, I'm trying I mean, to- I just, yeah, I just, yeah, I just moved here. I have to get to a game. Yeah. I've been watching, I've been watching Sabres games from Philadelphia for the past seven years of my life. That's your I want to find, yeah, I want to finally be in a room of people that are all as upset as I am for the same <laughs> reason. It's not just me. I know, I know, I know. Um, it's like therapy. Yeah, it is. Cheaper. Yep. With that being said, guys, uh, thanks again uh, to our sponsors, 26 Shirts uh, and Outlet Liquor, uh, the place to buy a case. Don't haste. I'll add on to it. Don't haste. Go to the place to buy a case. You know, Outlet Liquor. Uh, thanks again to our sponsors. And thanks again to Greg for coming on with us and – most notably, thank you to producer Steve for doing all that you do, buddy, and uh, oh. you know stepping in on short notice for Cully. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. With that being said, this has been episode seventy-two of Two Goalies, One Mike. We will talk to you soon. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Do, did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.